Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I sometimes think my house is haunted, but it's usually it's usually like in the middle of the night when I'm I'm getting up and I have I've been waking up at like two in the morning. I've been waking up at two in the morning, and that's why I think the the house is haunted because I've never I've never woken up so consistently at two in the morning. The witching hour, I think they call it. <laughs> like like, do you think it's your house is just haunted by your horrible back pain, or <laughs> or or there are actual spirits in your house? <laughs> the spirit of Mr. Back. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, like we just moved into this house and Sheena was really convinced that my house was haunted because my dog would just go back into my bedroom and bark at something, even though nothing was back there. Uh-huh. And for like weeks this was happening. And then she realized that she like, she'd go back there and there was nothing back there. And then one day the dog was like barking and like pawing at the nightstand and uh, it turned out she was just trying to knock over a glass of water so that she could drink the water out of the glass. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Travis. Hello, everybody. I, I'm Brandon. Brandon. You, you seemed unsure about that, Brandon. Like, I, I, do you, you want to take it again? No. I. You know what I think it is, is I started to say it and then I felt like... I felt like the uh, like my nose was stuffed, and I was like, "Brandon, it, it sounds like a Brandon." <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Brandon, and I'm gonna do a gonna do a Beatles impression the entire podcast. That's how I felt uh, but, about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to Apathetic Enthusiasm. Uh, here for another week of of nonsense and 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 musings. Uh, so happy you would you would join us, Brandon. Yeah. We we like doubled our listenership in one week just by plugging the show on uh, <laughs> on interdimensional RSS. That's incredible. That's solid incredible. solid plan. Well done, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, god, and I'm punching my microphone. We're off y- to a great start. Is that is that is that an AE now thing where you you punch the microphone? Yeah, it's it's like a bit that we do. It's like a reoccurring <laughs> bit where I where I destroy people's headphones by punching my microphone inadvertently. Yeah. Uh, if if there are any other bits that you want to hear in the show, there are plenty of ways that you can get in touch with us. Uh, as always, you can hit up our Twitter account at Apathusiast, or 
yell at us directly. I am at Juggalmino. Brandon is at Steve the Heeb. That's right. Uh, you can you can join our Facebook page where uh, I don't know tweets are automatically forwarded. Perhaps I don't know what what do we do on Facebook anymore? Uh, uh, Facebook dot com slash Apathetic Enthusiasm Show. Yeah, what do we do on Facebook anymore? Uh, I don't I don't know. The, ti- the times they are changing, Brandon. <laughs> uh, head over to Instagram Apathetic underscore Enthusiasm where you can mostly see stuff from interdimensional RSS. But you know we'll get some we'll get some AE images up there eventually. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Send and- us an email Apathetic Enthusiasm Show at gmail dot com, and of course everything is at Apathetic Enthusiasm Show dot com including our T public site and everything else that supports interdimensional RSS more so than this podcast. Yeah. Everything that supports that show and, and not, <laughs> not any of our other shows. Speaking of other shows. Uh, yeah. I, I finally, I finally sat down and submitted for your approval to Twilight Zone podcast. I finally sat down and edited the three episodes that I've recorded in the last five months. And, and it took me so long because I lost the notes of where all the main edits were were like where i asked a, a bad question or the internet went out uh, on people and, right, and right. so then i had to like ask them again like hey can you repeat the can you repeat your answer sorry about this so there's was like sorry. They're, they're like talking about how you know something like really emotional I'm like okay yeah but sorry the internet went out can you can you tell me again about how your dog died <laughs> can you relive that moment just one more time because the audio is a bit off but with a little more feeling <laughs> again with feeling please uh so so i got those out and and so now i have five more episodes to record uh to finish off season two but i have three episodes that will start bi-weekly on the 29th of october starting october starting with a long distance call featuring joan haley ford that's all, all. Right. solid plug yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for those of you that are interdimensional RSS fans, uh, this is your your stopgap, if you will. We are we are switching off now that it is uh, the end of season three. So we'll be doing uh, apathetic enthusiasm uh, this week, and then next week we'll. Gee, we should come up with something to do for that. Yeah. <laughs> that we, next yeah. episode. Oy, oy. Maybe maybe we'll just start with season one all over again. Go. Just, uh, Anyway, uh, well, but let's talk about this podcast. We have a, a couple of things to discuss. First and foremost, we got we got some news this week, or maybe it was last week. Uh, you actually sent me a news article about it, but it was uh, the death or the impending death of of I don't know a friend, someone something that was near and dear maybe to both of us. Uh, but that is AOL Instant Messenger, yeah. which will finally shut down, I think, December 15th of this year. Yeah. Goodbye. And uh, what? <laughs> like what? 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 I just, uh, so I have, I have the, uh, <laughs> I, I have the sound thing queued up and, and you can't hear it because of the way Skype runs on, <laughs> on a single track. So I, I just did the goodbye. I just did the, oh, oh. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it yeah. again. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, I, did, I did it again. You can't hear it. I still can't hear it. Uh, but yeah, so so we're saying goodbye, if you will, to AOL Instant Messenger, which I don't know, it was sort of, I feel like AOL Instant Messenger was critical to my like adolescence and, and sort of my first real experience in some sort of, I don't know, like social network, uh, being, a, being a 90s kid, 90s teenager. Um, I'm assuming it was the same for you, seeing as we were 
growing up around the same time in the same geographic area. I don't when <laughs> when did you when did you start using AOL Instant Messenger? Uh so I mean did you did you start using AOL like chat rooms and stuff like that beforehand? Yeah, I mean Or was that was or very, was that after you? No, like I, my first well, okay. My first like real sort of internet subscription would have been uh, AOL um, when they send the three and a half inch floppies in the mail <laughs> yeah. and then you erase them and use them for whatever you want. Um, but yeah, so we had, we had AOL for a while and I would use some of the chat rooms and things like that for stuff that I sort of cared about. And I guess, I guess I used a little bit of just, there wasn't really direct messaging so much in that. It was more, it was more focused on chat rooms at that point. So, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that that's that's basically how I how I got started into it. My my grandparents lived right behind me as a kid. Uh, I mean, like in the house behind me. Not like <laughs> they weren't just following you around all yeah. the time. Like I didn't have them like tied to an iron lung and like <laughs> like dragging them by my my waist. <laughs> that wasn't a thing that I was doing. Uh, but they lived they lived in a house. Not behind. at that point. Not at that point. Right later, now, later, now they are into that. Like, shut up, Grandpa. <laughs> I'm recording a podcast. Um, just kidding. He can't talk because he's in an iron lung. Um, no. So they, they lived in the house behind me and they had, they had a computer and they had internet. And so during, during summer after school, I would go up there, do the whole, the crappy modem sound and, and log on to, like I had an account, uh, I think offspring rules or something like that was my (laughs) screen name back in the day. And I I'd log in, go into the chat rooms and age sex location and all that type of stuff and, and play oh, yeah. play some slingo. <laughs> uh but then uh, all right. uh but then like then instant messaging became a thing and yeah, I mean you just you, it was a great way to talk to everyone that you knew because everyone was starting to get onto this internet thing, this internet. And it was yeah, it was, it's it was like the, the first uh, an iteration of like hey let's let's hide our communications with each other yeah it's really weird because like our teenage years that that period where you are like still kind of like you're starting to figure out like hey how do i kind of become an adult and have you know personal communications with with other people maybe people that i'm attracted to maybe just a group of friends that you kind of want to not not have the oversight of your parents. Yeah. Uh, we were, we grew up like that point in our lives was the same time where things like AOL instant messenger were just coming out. And, you know, you didn't have like 800 social networks that you could just download on your iPhone. You had one desktop computer in your house. Maybe, maybe you had a couple, but <laughs> yeah, like, and you just had like aim and you had, chat rooms and like i don't know how it was for you but for me i was constantly like being told like be careful who you're talking to like you know there's this like total like fear that it's just a bunch of creepy pedophiles and stuff on the internet and so uh it was it was weird for me as a teenager trying to like figure that out and be like hey there are people i want to meet people i want to talk to and i also don't want to be like sexually assaulted. So <laughs> yeah, you know, like trying to, trying to find that balance maybe a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. It, and like, 
And is, is it isn't it, isn't it weird to you that like we are our age? You're you're 34. I'm 35. Yep. Like our age, we essentially pioneered that like that type of communication. Like I mean, not not saying that like you and I necessarily single handedly did, but we are a part of that that, that generation culture yeah. of. Uh, uh, of you know like I, I mentioned the asl right or we're just talking in chat rooms and this like our 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 parents were like oh be careful be careful for the the crazies and watch what you're saying uh and they didn't really they didn't understand how to communicate it on there yet right sure well, and, and and even now like some grandparents are like how do i write an email you know, I, I love I love when like a grandparent like posts on like a Facebook wall or something like a very direct message, like <laughs> <laughs> or like ask you like really personal stuff. Dear, and you're like, Travis. hey, that's that's visible for everyone. Just let's let's take that <laughs> let's take that back into like a message. Or yeah, something. yeah, and, I, and and that's I don't know. Like AOL died um, relatively quickly, like. In, in the scheme of the internet, like it did really well, but they just sort of had a different scope. They're, they're really focused on how the internet would make the company money uh, more so than how people could utilize AOL to access the internet at large. Uh, but AOL Instant Messenger sort of lived on like beyond that. And I was like, I was almost surprised to hear that it was dying this year because you're like, I, don't know, like, I, ha- you I just really haven't. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, like the whole Abe Vigoda thing for a long time when no one could tell whether or not uh, he was still alive or not. Like right. it was just one of those things. Like, oh, people like are people still using AIM? Like, is that is that a thing? Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, it's well, it's not it, so much I'm sad that it's dying because I'm not gonna get to use it anymore. It's just like something from so so like fundamental to my childhood is going away. Yeah. No. I no. I I totally get it. I mean. I, I don't have AIM on my phone. <laughs> You're right. Um, uh, my wife, Chelsea had an, an aim email address for a long time still. Uh, and, and she actually, she just switched like six months ago to a Gmail. Finally. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Which I hear the, the aim email addresses are still going to work. Yeah. That, that, that even, that even, even, so it makes sense. Right. Mm, it does. Uh, uh, I mean, again, it's like, it's, it's like when people still have a MySpace account, and I, I mean, I still have a MySpace somewhere <laughs> out there in in the yeah. in the ether nether, uh, but you know, like someone who uses it still, <laughs> like it's right. it's like yeah, it's yeah. a unicorn at this point in time. And, and it's still funny to me when people like try to justify their use of MySpace, like, no, oh, no, it's really music centric now, and yeah, it's totally a great place. I'm like, no, come on, you're you're just you're just living in the past, man. Let's just keep <laughs> keep moving forward. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, the the MySpace music thing that leads to like a whole different discussion about uh, music discoverability and how just extremely difficult it is to discover new music, uh, if especially if you're a musician and you're in a band, how how sure, hard that yeah. is. But you know, whatever, that's that's another discussion. Another okay, time. So so I want to ask you. Yeah. You used AOL, yep. and then you had to. <clears throat> you had the the one of the core things, maybe one of the most uh, life changing moments in a, in a young man's life in the late nineties, was was coming up with the screen name. So I'm curious, <laughs> uh, did you have a lot of screen names? Did you try to like 
bouncer or did you like how did you come first off what was it and and then how did you did did you take a lot of time or you just like i don't know f it let's just let's just throw uh, this in here. okay i mean it's you know it's a process you know you <clears throat> it's it's like it's like deciding on your first tattoo you're like ah, I, this is gonna be on me forever <laughs> yeah this, this name is gonna last me forever so i should i should really be smart about it and think about it uh, I, I i've gone through I've gone through a bunch of screen names. Uh, I think like the first, the very, very first one I had was, was trickster with just a K is T R I K S T R edgy. Uh, and, and I can, I can tell you why I I did that was there was this game for the Sega Genesis called Skitchen where you'd be, <laughs> where you're rollerblading. It was like kind of like road rash, but you're, you're on rollerblades and typical typical 90s story <laughs> and Sega genesis rollerblades i'm i'm, I'm following yeah okay. and, it, and it was called skitchen because you would like uh grab onto the back of cars and then the cars would drag you and then you'd slingshot off the back of the car to 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 race uh yeah. anyways you, you came up with a, a nickname for yourself in that game and because Sega genesis only you only could have so many characters in your name uh, I was like uh, a trickster. That's that's what I'll have for my name. Uh, well, anyways, that translated to my first, I think, AOL in name. But then, right, I, but right. then, but then I went based off of uh, bands. So again, like Offspring Rules, I think was one of them. <laughs> I might have had like Bad Religion Rocks uh, at at some point. Uh, and then the one I had, I, the one I've had forever, and so everyone so everyone knows what my new screen name is uh is is a skinny little this is my personal email address so so welcome everybody <laughs> to doxing me uh it's skinny little btc and and you might say to yourself brandon why skinny little btc brandon why skinny little btc well in high school my friends uh they wanted to make names for their penises and <laughs> and I, I didn't I didn't want to have anything to do with this, um, but you know they came up with like the flip tip because he is Filipino, uh, the uh, stain of gloms uh, that that was his uh, that was I think that was his name, uh, and then a schlockinator that was another one. <clears throat> uh, we'll have to we'll have to fact check some of these maybe. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in. And I again, I was like, I don't want to name, I don't want to name my penis because, I mean, I don't care about it. I beat the shit out of it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, but the, so they came up with, yeah, I got, I got it because uh, I'm a, I was a scrawny little kid. They're like skinny little bitch. I'm like, really? Come on, guys. Come on. Um, come on. Come on. Well, when I re- when I was making a new screen name and I realized, uh, oh. BTC, those are my initials. Um, oh. Skinny little BTC. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of mm. like a play on mm. my penis. Um, wow. So wait, so you're you're saying that your your screen name <laughs> is loosely based off your actual like name? Like it just there's like a small nod to it, just yeah. right at the end. <laughs> just right at the end. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> skinny, skinny little bitch. <clears throat> well. And and you know what? It's not until I I said it out loud to you that I realized how unprofessional <laughs> I've been for so many years. 
Well, my screen name is super professional and always has been. Uh, I I don't think it was the first AOL name that I or that I ever had, but definitely it was an early iteration. Uh, once I started using Instant Messenger regularly, yeah, where I was in high school and like the super cool and edgy guy that I was. Uh, me and my friends were juggling a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and and not like like playing soccer. Like no, we we had a club and we were juggling a lot. I was a nerd, right? Uh, but I was juggle I was really club. in <clears throat> uh, first rule juggle still, club. <laughs> you t- you tell everyone about juggle club. We need to keep those numbers up. Uh, but yeah, so I was I was juggling a lot and, and got really into it, and so. Uh, I was like, well, we'll do something with, with juggling. And then there was this, this story where there were two Travises in my like circle of friends. And so uh, to differentiate us, they were calling the other Travis Tito based on his last name starting with a T and <laughs> for reasons. So they're calling him Tito, but like the week that I made this screen name, they were like, it'd be really it'd be really unfair for us to call him Tito and not, not call you something different. And so my last name is Menard and they're like, let's call you Mino. And I was like, that's idiotic. (laughs) That is stupid. stupid. (laughs) We should definitely not do that. And then like that week I'm like, Oh crap. I think I was at that Travis's house. And I was like, I need to make a screen name. Let's see. Juggle, uh, juggle Mino. Let's see if that's available. Juggle Mino. And the rest is history. So, Again, based on my actual name. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that our stories they combine themes here. Uh, people coming up with nicknames for us, and then us yeah. and yeah. us not knowing what to change our screen names to, and then just being like, <laughs> "Fuck it, we'll just use what they came up with." <laughs> the the crazy part about it is that name is almost always. I don't I think I can think of maybe one time in the last 15 years where I went to use that name for a service or a subscription and it wasn't available. So you know Facebook comes along or or specifically Twitter and yeah. I'm like Jugglemino, Jugglemino. Uh I sign up for an Xbox account, my gamer handle Jugglemino like everywhere like if you search juggle you know odds are you you have found me yeah so and and the and i don't regret that i mean i still juggle from time to time the the (laughs) biggest the biggest (laughs) issue the biggest issue with it and i'm sorry if you're a huge insane clown posses fan but Uh i got a lot of questions about how big of a juggalo i was yeah uh, in in those formative years and i was like yeah nope not not related. Sorry, uh, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, so over on Interdimensional RSS, uh, Sire Dark, we were having a conversation in Discord about him being a, a, an old juggalo. He was, a, he was an ICP fan for like a minute, and then he realized how, how bad they were. Uh, <laughs> any, anytime, anytime I see juggalo, I, and I've seen it a few times in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, why are, why are they putting Travis's name down? Oh, it's juggalo. Oh, yep. Gotcha. Different, very different, totally different and <laughs> to- unrelated. Totally different. Mother effing magnets, how do they work? Yeah. <laughs> That's my my That's... favorite ICP line. Okay. Uh, uh, so, 
I mean, so we, we come up with the screen name and we're chatting it up. And then I'm like in my late teens and my buddy's got a car and we're, we're chatting with, with girls that um, we're assuming are girls because we shot out the ASL yeah. and, and they, and they hit all the accurate criteria, <laughs> but like, did you ever go out and actually meet anybody off I, of aim? Like, I have. Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did. I, I met, I met a few people. Um, I, I met, uh, I mean, a couple, a couple girls that I actually, I actually met after I had a car, right, and I could meet them in a public place. <laughs> right? Yep, yep, with plenty of witnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then I actually have a a friend who lived in Illinois. Her name is Lauren, and I met her like in actual chat days and in, in the actual chat room days. Um, but her and I, we'd we'd talk on AIM all the time, and uh, her. Her screen name was Nick Hexum's Love, Hexum's Love, or something like that. <laughs> uh, Nick Hexum from from Three Eleven, and and she was going on a vacation. And I remember I was like eighteen uh, in Los Angeles still, and she was going on a vacation to Hawaii with her family. And this is back before September eleventh, and you could still go past the security checkpoint to go see people. Um, you could go air- like hang out at the terminal and stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. So she had a layover at LAX. So I, I drove all the way down to LAX and I met her at the terminal and it was like, Hey, Oh my God. And like, we, we did like a brief, like kiss. Uh, and, <laughs> and it was just like, uh, like, this is so, this is so weird. We've talked for so long at such a long distance and here we are. And we, we met and it was only for like five minutes, but, yeah. and I was probably smelly cause I was 18 years old and I didn't know how to take care of my body. But, <laughs> Uh, but it, it just is really, really, really cool. What about what about you? I, uh, I mean, I met I met a couple of ladies uh, that like it was just it was a thing where like, hey, let's go hang out, and then like I'd go with a friend, and we'd go and meet them, and then it's like, all right, this is awkward because like you're really here now, and we're not we're not typing, but um, yeah, like <laughs> you know, and and some of that was was fine. I actually I dated. I did one girl for a few weeks uh, and I, I met her on instant messenger when I, when I like went to pick her up one time from her house. uh, She told me that she had to lie to her parents about how we met (laughs) because she wasn't supposed to be meeting people that she like met on the internet found online or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. So like we had to like come up with some sort of weird story about, I don't know, bumping into each other at the mall or something, you know, something, (laughs) something pre nineties teens might do. Uh, but yeah. And I don't know. It was none of that ever really turned into anything, you know, substantial or long-term, but it was, it was just interesting. Like for, I think for us, our parents did have that fear of like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to meet some, some terrible person or, or, or fall into a trap. And that does happen. I don't want to diminish the fact that, yeah, you know, people should be safe online, but I, I've watched I don't know. Catch I, I, a Predator. I know how it works. Yeah, yeah, you know how <laughs> you've taken <laughs> copious notes. You know, uh, but I don't know. I th- I think I think you know we were generally pretty. Uh, like I was pretty skeptical, and yeah. I I would do every check possible to kind of be like, is this a legit person? And then yeah. still, you kind of you kind of make it that that like public meeting at first right. or whatever and my my uh my i i did so the the girl lauren that was a thing 
but I probably more into the actual AIM days. Uh, there's this this girl I met online, her uh, Anna Annabelle maybe Annabeth something like that. But her screen name was like Bacon Girl with two two R's, <laughs> and and like I met like I started talking to her, and then my my friend Matt like like we started this like group of of IM friends with the with each other. And we actually, and they lived in Los Angeles too. So we like every once in a while we'd, we'd hang out. Um, and then, uh, this one, I had, I was like in plays and then they actually like came up to watch me, uh, perform in a play one time. And then, uh, after I, uh, after I moved to Arkansas, I started talking to one of the girls who came to see the play and, and she had a crush on me. I didn't know that. Um, and eventually like we started a long distance relationship and then we actually were, we actually dated for a long time. Uh, and this was before, for Chelsea. And so like, I mean, obviously we actually like would see each other whenever I'd go back to California. Um, but yeah, like we, that, I mean, that was, that was something I am turned into something real and then we broke up and then I got married. So, uh, <laughs> there you but, go. There you go. But yeah, that girl, that girl that, that had to lie to her parents about how we met. Uh, that was the last girl I dated before me and me and Sheena started going out. Uh, and now we're married. So it was, it was like, it was like AIM (laughs) prepared us for real relationships. (laughs) Absolutely. I I do find it funny that we were so terrified of like meeting people online and now you have these apps like Tinder and, you know, farmers only or whatever that maybe that's just a Nebraska thing. Uh, That's a thing. There's all these like. That is absolutely a thing. You can you can Google that up. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so there's all these dating sites and everything that's just like designed around that idea. But we were just kind of like, hey, we are all teenagers. This is the thing that we are using right now to communicate on. And that's and as teenagers do, we we found ways to kind uh, of find other people that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I the last what was the last thing you used AOL and some messenger for? Um. I mean the the last most significant thing was again I was a, I was in Arkansas and yes uh kind of uh, like uh right right in the 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 span of time where me and the other girl were about to to break up um I my friend Matt hit me up and he's like hey do you know whose do you know whose screen name this is and I I'm giving I'm giving tone to it because I mean he actually typed it to me and I don't want to do Microsoft uh, voice uh but he's like hey do you know whose screen name this is and i was like oh i don't know uh i'm nine i'm 1920 uh, let me let me see who it is <laughs> and um it turned out uh i talked to that this person for like two minutes and then they're like brandon brandon cruz i was like oh shit i know who this is and it was it was chelsea my <laughs> my my future wife and and I was so pissed off that I was her at first because uh, <laughs> before I went to Arkansas, she was the one that broke my heart. <laughs> and, oh. and and I was like, I was so I was so like resentful towards her for a while. But uh, eventually, we we kept talking, and then uh, me and the other girl broke up, and then Chelsea and I got together. Um, but so that was like the very very last meaningful thing that happened in AIM. That's. That's a way better story than my last use of AIM, which was <clears throat> fantasy drafting. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I joined a fantasy league uh, probably like five or six years ago. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, for the people that aren't 
nearby, they usually communicate in AOL Instant Messenger. And I was dumbfounded. I was like, <laughs> that's still a thing? Was that oh, Swiffle? Okay. For Swiffle? Yeah, that was for Swiffle. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bob, uh, it was actually. Th- there was a year where Ryan was in another country, and I actually wasn't in the league yet, but they still did all their drafts in person. Mm-hmm. So, I had to communicate with Ryan. Uh, so he could tell me his picks and we used instant messenger for that. So he'd be like, all right, what's on the board? What's left? And then, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, but now like, I don't know. I think we grew up with that model of chat and things like that. And you and I still probably have 90% of our conversations through Facebook messenger. It's true. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's just become something that's second nature for us. And I think as, as people continue to grow up and find, I don't know, like all them kids with their Snapchats now, you know, I'll send a snap every now and again, but it's <laughs> nah the text the text base that's that's where I'm comfortable. Te- I think. Text base, yeah. That was that was my that was the name of my my one man band for a minute was was text based misconception. Uh, oh, just that's I dig that name. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that didn't that didn't take off. <laughs> yeah, it was just uh, because we, growing up in growing up with this form of communication, there's so many things that you can miss you know uh, you can get confused if you if you don't get the tone behind it uh Absolutely. which which is why i get mad at my mom sometimes when she's like uh i love you brandon dot 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 like you love me brandon <laughs> but what but what but what what, like, what comes after that she's like no. you're just sitting there staring at the phone like what have i done wrong <laughs> what did i do or she's like yeah your great uncle has cancer wink face like what why no mom come L- on lol lol <laughs> uh it doesn't mean lots of love mom come on let's it, it uh so you know there's 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 that there's that learning curve but i mean i've got i've gotten into fights and i think even you and i have sometimes every once in a while like we we don't fully grasp each other's emotions in in the moment where I'm like, yeah, is I, Travis pissed off at me? I think is he <laughs> is he annoyed right now? <laughs> well, and that's one of the things too is when you're when you're typing something out, uh, especially if you're just using brevity for the sake of being busy. Yeah, it can make you sound like really short and pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Or like if you're, you know, if you if you if you ask somebody a question and then they don't respond right away, you're like, oh god, I've pissed them off. They're they're or something's <laughs> wrong. They're mad at me. And it's like, no, they're just you know. Like in my case, my kid, my kids have my phone and they're watching YouTube and they're not telling me that they've got, that I've gotten like eight notifications from somebody. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, you know, it, it happens, it It happens, happens. but yeah. So Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to hear that the AOL and some messenger is gone and uh, it's, but you know, we, we have plenty of things that have risen up to replace it. And thanks to the Zuckerbergs and, and, uh, all the other web developers that are the, that are still making the hip apps for us to to and stay the, in and touch. The Toms, you know the, the Toms, t- yeah, the MySpace Toms. We can we can we could probably do a whole episode on MySpace if we really wanted to, <laughs> and I and I don't. I don't. Uh, but but if if you really enjoyed AOL Instant Messenger, if it was something that was maybe important to you growing up, or or maybe you grew up a little bit later in the in the mid two thousands or something, I, I'd I'd be curious to hear maybe how the platform changed or, or if anybody has some, some different experiences from using the platform. So hit, hit us up over on Twitter at Apthusiast or, or all those other things I said at the top of the show. And we'd, we'd love to hear your stories as well. 
Brandon, yeah. moving into the future, all the way into the future. Yes. Uh, of 2049. Uh, <laughs> new movie came out this weekend that we both got a chance to go see. Uh, Blade Runner. Yes. 2049. Blade Runner 2049. Yes. We we both we both saw it. Uh, stars, of course, Ryan Gosling and uh, some old dude. Um, some old Harrison something or other. Harry Harry Chevy. <laughs> I I got confused. I put a car and I put a different car brand in there instead of instead is, of is Ford. It a, like instead that's of your Ford. joke. Harry Chevy, <laughs> Harry Honda. Um, what's what's Harry short for? Harrison. Okay, yeah, Harrison. <laughs> That's Ew. stupid. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, yeah. So I I didn't know that I wanted to see this for for a while. Uh, I I I like the original. I am a big fan of the original, and for some reason, I I don't. I've never Ryan Gosling. I, I was never a fan of him, and um, so there's there something initially with him in there. I was like, ah, I don't really care for it. But then as the previews kept coming, and I saw how how beautiful the trailers looked, I was like, okay, you've got me. You got me pegged. I have to see this now. Yeah, yeah I'm, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I don't have a particular problem with Ryan Gosling in general. Um, I don't know. I've watched the notebook like a hundred times, so, uh, not by choice. Uh, but no, like I don't, I don't mind him and, and realistically like Blade Runner holds a, a particular like, like special place in, in movie history for me. Um, because it's, I, one of the deepest dives I've taken into kind of films and film history was, uh, in my senior year of high school, I took a films class and yeah, you think high school films class, you know, big, big deal. But the, the, the teacher that, that taught that class was legitimately like super passionate about film. Yeah. And I think, I think we probably spent, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, like frame by frame going through like the opening sequence of Blade Runner. And he was just like pouring out all this, like, you know, decades of, of film knowledge and, and and ideas about cinematography and 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 certain things and so for me like Blade Runner was one of the first films that I really watched from an analytical standpoint and mm. and sort of appreciating what really good filmmaking is and and yeah if you just if you casually watch Blade Runner you know it's slow and it's got that noir feel and and but there are so many things in that film that I still appreciate that I was excited to see what they could do now um, and sort of push that uh, story even further. So I was excited to see this movie and from a cinematography standpoint, like just like you said, some of those things they showed in the trailer, I was like, whew, okay, yeah, I I have to see this on a big screen. I can't wait for for Redbox or for my measly 55-inch TV that I've got at home. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, that that was a thing like when I saw the I went to see it with a couple friends. Uh yeah, Andrew Muschietti. <laughs> uh by by the way, I just want to throw this out there. Uh the last time we did an episode of Apathetic Enthusiasm, we first of all, I said the wrong director for Blade Runner 2049. 
uh, and also it. So I just want to throw it out there. Uh, <laughs> got 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 corrected, and yeah, I'm an idiot, and I'm I'm mad that I that I messed up. Uh, but anyways, uh, Denny Vien Vienuve, Den- Vienuve, Denny Vienuve. Uh, yes, uh, is is who directed Blade Runner 2049. Uh, anyway, so when I went to see it, and I saw the trailer for this on the on a quasi big screen, I was like, you know what? I have to I have to see this in the theater. It has to this has to be a theater movie. Um, mm-hmm. It has to be as as big and with as much surround sound as I can get, uh, because those initial scenes, even just in the trailer, were just so gorgeous to me, and. Um, yeah, as a as a as a film person, uh, you know, someone who likes film. I don't know if you knew that, Travis. I, I like film. Um, I've picked up on that from time to time. <laughs> I, I, I wanted, I wanted to see just how great the cinematography was. And Roger Deakins, who's a cinematographer, of the movie, um, and also Fargo. He did Fargo as well. He, he brought. God dang it. <laughs> this movie it's, it's, it looks it looks so freaking gorgeous um and the sound the sound design too like anytime yeah. they're if you notice like anytime they're in the city uh in inside los angeles like it has that kind of uh almost like girl girl like that type of sound effect in there and mm-hmm. and giving it that really like kind of industrial uh kind of chaotic feel to to the city uh that that i thought was really interesting yeah i want to i a check for me usually in a film is uh from from cinematography like standpoint is if if there's a lot of points where i'm watching a film and i feel like i could just like pause the movie and like print it out and hang it on a wall and it be a very interesting piece of art like on its own I'm like, all right, you, here's your award. Like, here you go. <laughs> and so many moments in this film where just the visuals themselves told a, told a story. Um, and, you know, kudos to the director, kudos to uh, cinematographer and, and everything for that. But uh, I want to I talk a little bit about the story without getting too spoilery. Um, how, did you, how did you feel they did in in both honoring the original Blade Runner as well as sort of pushing this this mythology forward uh in this film uh, the i wasn't sure necessarily how they were going to to continue on um and in the trailers i think they didn't they didn't fully they didn't give it away i don't i don't think um right you know this is i'm going to say this is kind of a spoiler but it's it's not because it it's very upfront with it in the first five minutes of the film. Uh, but I didn't know going into it that Ryan Gosling was a replicant. I, right. I mean, you didn't know that either, right? No, I did not. Okay. Um, and, and and yeah, so they like first five minutes, you find out he's a replicant who is a blade runner and killing other replicants, uh, the Nexus eights and, and putting that up front, saying okay there's no question about it this is this is what he is he is a robot uh gets that out of the way and lets you focus on him as now a character who it it's interesting that uh this isn't going into plot necessarily but it's interesting that we he is the protagonist 
and we are looking at everything through his eyes, but he is a replicant. And so in a certain sense, we're already humanizing him as a replicant uh, be- because we know that at the outset. And so it's, right. not, it's not a question of now, uh, compared to the first one, is Deckard a replicant? That's what you're thinking a lot of the time. Uh, and like, oh, is, is he a replicant? Is he having the emotions of a, a human? Like, there's no question about it anymore. It's this, rep- this, this Go- Gosling is yeah. a replicant and he is developing human-esque emotions. So I well, and, and sort of the, 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 the mystery that he's trying to solve throughout the course of this film and what ultimately leads him to go find uh, Deckard, uh, played by Harrison Ford, like, the, the, the mystery isn't is someone or isn't someone a replicant, right? Like, right. it's deeper than that, and it, and it involves him and his, his past as well. And so they're able to tell the story that is in, in it takes notes from the first film but doesn't but isn't a carbon copy yeah and so it does push it further and i think they did a really good job of honoring the original movie and pulling moments or 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 parts of that that film into the new film without making it like mandatory viewing even necessarily so yes <clears throat> excuse me i would i would recommend to everyone see the first Blade Runner before you see this one. I do feel like it, it builds upon the first film. Yeah. But if that's not possible, if you have tickets tonight to go see it and (laughs) and you haven't watched the original, like, I don't think it's going to be ruined for you. Sheena saw the first one back in that same films class almost 20 years ago, but she doesn't remember the details of it. She didn't remember who specific characters were and it didn't ruin the the new film for her like she still appreciated everything and, and nothing was like oh i don't i don't get what they're talking about yeah like it, it wasn't it wasn't dependent on that first film the, so, yeah. the 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 movie it 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 takes the theme it it continues on with the theme and i think that's why it's a good sequel as well is it continues on with the theme of the first film uh but it but it asks a different question within that theme which is like who am i what what makes somebody human what makes something have a soul right uh and the whole the whole questioning of identity uh but it but it asks different questions about it and and that's what i think is interesting and um so in this in this film the whole thing is ryan gosling he's a he's a replicant blade runner and he finds out that there may or may not have been uh and maybe this we'll just continue on the spoilers uh, but I, not not any like the major ones like we won't spoil the ending or anything like that but just saying that uh, he finds out that a replicant gave birth to a child and and so yeah. that that's really the 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 driving point of the plot and then uh, he realizes that he is part of he is part of that history in some way shape or form uh, that we discovered through his memories yeah uh, I I really enjoyed that that sort of storyline. I like I like this. Uh, was it John Batista yeah. or Dave Batista? Um, Batista his 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 his, his early uh, role in he he talks about well you've never witnessed a miracle right and and he is a replicant like it's 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 made very clear that this as Ryan Gosling as a Blade Runner is out to find uh, Dave Batista's character and. I don't know, like there there are a few like significant changes in this storyline. One of those being that the 
version of replicant that that Ryan Gosling is 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 unable to uh, like uh, not follow orders, right? Like they have to be uh, complicit, and so suddenly that's sort of like fixed the the replicant issue where uh, he's not searching out replicants in general, just the early versions that didn't have that, that part of them in it. Right. And yeah, I don't like the, the sort of the ideas of like slavery and humanity and, uh, Robin Wright's character playing the, uh, the Lieutenant in charge of like LAPD. Um, and, and how she just, she really, she treats him as a machine, as like an object, but at the same time, even herself, she finds, moments where like she looks into his humanity and and there's there's potential like love interest not love interest but you know attraction there and yeah sex and, and different right uh one of the things that i found really interesting was the the relationship between ryan gosling and uh joy joy the joy, the, yeah. the ai sort of um if you've seen what what movie was that uh her with her yeah uh it's sort of that same idea of like a uh, personal assistant type thing that that ex- escalates into a love relationship sort of uh partner and and the idea that we are and i was shocked by this but that we're legitimately invested in a love story between a robot and uh in terms of like the replicant i mean he's he's not he's he's humanoid but he's manufactured and then this ai like but it works like i feel like it really works in the film and and i'm i'm not like i i don't step away from it going like ah but you know it's just it's not real like it's, it like there's still genuine uh like relationship stuff in there yeah there i there's a few different things i want to explore with that uh the one is like so so joy is is this ai that is built by the former tyrell corporation i forget what the name of the new company is in the in the movie um it's wallace is it yeah that's right wallace um and and so she's like tied to like a projection in the in k K, ryan gosling's character's house and so she like walks around and she like changes her appearance and she like makes him dinner and and stuff like that but (laughs) it's it's all just a projection and uh and then he for their anniversary he gets like this little device that will can make her uh project anywhere around him so long as he carries this device on him and and so this this whole re- relationship between them uh you know it's 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 really interesting having an a projected image of her and and him interacting and then them talking to each other and and she tells him he's special and uh that that she wants to do stuff for him and, and all this type of stuff um there is a question that i have about the movie i don't know if this is the right time to bring it up because i have other points but people i i feel that there's enough evidence in the film to suggest that she she moved beyond the basic programming of of being a basically a sex toy is is what it is what she is right. was programmed for. It's it's sort of what she's marketed as towards the end there. We see, you know, <clears throat> the way we're introduced to the character, it feels like a personal thing between Kay and the AI. But 
by the end we see an advertisement for joy and and we see that this is a mass produced and marketed you know like sex toy sort of speaker or personal companion if you will uh so yeah but like you're you're saying that she moved past that basic uh, sort of programming or yeah that, that that's essentially uh, like I, I don't necessarily uh, I don't necessarily think that it's one way or the other um, I, I don't have a, a definitive opinion on it I just think that there's enough evidence t- for someone to to argue that at some point in the movie she, you know she was she was a companion she was a yes man trying to fulfill his every need and giving him what he desires but she moved past that into actually actually having a soul right well like the mm. the very the very last thing she says to to Kay is is i love you right and she's saying that as spoiler she's about to get stepped on uh her little her device is about to step on and she was going to get killed and there's there's no reason like she she says that to him as she, as she's about to die uh, right, and, and and that it seems a, a genuine thing. It doesn't seem necessarily like she's doing it just to give him what he wants, because he is also in a position of, of vulnerability in that moment. Yeah, and <clears throat> there there are several choices that she makes that seem counter to what I would assume is standard programming. Right, the fact that she says, you know, delete the history on the, on the base unit so that they can't, they can't use that against him. Like some of the things that she does, the fact that she sets herself up for being vulnerable to the point where if that device is stepped on, she, for all intents and purposes is dies that her AI, you know, brain goes away and she no longer can be the person that she was with him. Yeah. Obviously he could, he could buy another one, but you know, that, that, that iteration of the character wouldn't, would be no more like, yeah, I definitely think that you can, you can make the arguments that she moved past, you know, base programming and that, and that's, and that's where we get into a lot of discussions about AI and, and computer learning. And yeah. is it, what, what is it? Is it, is it a soul? Is it, is it genuine? Yeah. Just like ones and zeros and, 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 I don't know if we have time for that discussion right yeah. now. Yeah, and and I mean, like again, like with K as a replicant, you know, like he's a, he's a robot, and we see that he moves past his base programming, uh, in into thinking that he's he's something special, and that he, uh, he might be the son of Deckard and, and Rachel. Um, right. One, one last thing I want to say about the AI. There's there's a a really a really good scene that I think um gets, like people talk about it. Uh, but they don't they don't necessarily hold on to it, um, and it goes into like my thought about like how sex is depicted in in the movie and like uh, sexualization of of people as a commodity because you know throughout Los Angeles there's all these like holograms with like Japanese schoolgirls and obviously Joy is a huge hologram with boobs that are there's that are huge because they're holograms. <laughs> Uh, they go to Las Vegas and like when they go in, I mean, they're proportional to the rest of her (laughs) otherwise, but yeah. Yeah. And when they go into Vegas, right? Like there's the statues that like huge, uh, huge stone statues with women 
that they look like they're, you know, in lust, right? And so there, there's this whole theme of sex, sex is a commodity. Uh, and I, I think there's a really good point in that there's a threesome scene between Kay, uh, a prostitute, and uh, Joy, where Joy projects herself onto the prostitute. And it's such, to me, it's so cool because it's a prostitute. Uh, the prostitute is the representation of sex as as nothing, right? As just a commodity, and joy at that point in time to K is representation of like legitimate intimacy. Like that means yeah. something to yeah. him. And yeah. in that moment, uh, when joy projects herself on the the prostitute, and then they 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 start to hook up, like it's it's so cool to me that it's it's basically combining the two it can be both it, it could be it could be like em- the emptiness of sex but also you know uh intimacy again like i said I d- I just yeah and, and even afterwards how like joy is the one that's so dismissive towards uh the prostitute and just being like all right i'm done with you like you can go i've i got what i need from you like and and it and it and never was a point where it was like Ryan Gosling just wanted empty sex. Like this, it, it was, it was a means to uh, facilitate that, that connection between joy and K like it's very, very interesting scene. And there's, there's definitely a lot of ways you could, you could unpack that um, yeah. sort of stuff. And, and that, that's, that's another example of, of this awesome cinematography. Um <laughs> Uh, I want to ask you because because we're kind of talking about uh, people being projected on other people and and sort of a lot of a lot of very interesting things that they did visually with this film and obviously it takes place in a near future where a lot of the technology that exists in the film doesn't exist in real life so while there is a lot of practical effects that are done in the film obviously CG is is being used to kind of push it even further and. For ninety five percent of the film, I completely bought in to all of it, and like it was that that uncanny valley discussion that we've had in the past on this podcast, where you know sometimes you see a movie with special effects and you're like, that's clearly special effects, and I don't buy it. Like it takes you out of the the movie for a little bit. I di- I did not have that problem until one specific scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and 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 listeners probably do as well. But it's like I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the fact that that really good storytelling can take place in film. And like I don't I don't want to be focused on special effects anymore, so to speak. I just want I just want it to happen. Yeah. And I want I want filmmakers to be able to tell the story they want to tell with the visuals that they want communicated. And I don't have to sit back and go, is that dinosaur real? Is it not? Is it a practical effect? Is it CG? Yeah. Like, I just want it to be a dinosaur. Like, I just want it to be there and, and to push the story further. Like, I don't know. This movie for me, I felt like set a line where I I, I bought into everything except Rachel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> agreed. Agreed. In, I, I, again, uh, we, we've talked about it. I don't know if it's because we are looking for that, 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 it, that because we're looking for it, then we're like, okay, well, there it is. There's, there's CGI. Or if it's, or if it's 
or maybe it's personality driven like rogue one again like with grand moff tarkin and uh, leia at the end um like i was like yeah well i know that uh, peter cushing is dead <laughs> so i know that's <laughs> yeah I, I i know, know that's not that- him I know these actors are much older than they are appearing on screen right now. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. It, but but Chelsea was like, "Oh yeah, Peter Cushing." Like, "Oh, that's cool." They had like they had old footage of him. Um, and so when Rachel shows up, uh, in in the film, I'm like, "Okay, are they gonna make Sean Young look older? Or are they gonna make her, make her an older looking version of of Rachel? Or, oh nope, it's it's a younger version of Rachel." And and maybe if they had like hidden her in shadows for longer, um, I, right. I I think that's yeah. I think that's one of the the benefits of uh, Rogue One is Tarkin was in shadows for a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if they'd done that, it would be a little bit better. But it is it is kind of distracting, and it takes takes you out of it when you notice stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like if you <clears throat> maybe if someone had never seen the first one or had no idea like who Sean Young was or anything like that. I am curious to see if that scene is distracting to them at all, or if it, if it is just from sort of my personal bias towards it, because everything else I was, I was a hundred percent in on. And I don't know. I think, I think they continue to push some of the questions from the first film uh, with scenes like that. And with Harrison Ford, Um, they've definitely set the stage for, a potential like trilogy like they could definitely mm. go further with this i'm i'm not asking for that yeah i'm very happy for this film where it is and and i think it could uh almost almost harm the series to try and to, to push it any further but um but absolutely i i overall really enjoyed the film i know that there are mixed reviews on it because some people feel like the story was was too slow or or not super slow original, burn but you know i I, I dig a slow burn. Uh, two 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 hours and forty four minutes, man. Um, yeah, yeah. So the the movie it is really slow. Let me let me talk about the sequel thing for a second. Like it didn't do well in the box office. It didn't do nearly as well as they wanted to in the box office. And let me tell you, I feel like that's a godsend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That that is a really good point. I that actually makes it makes me happy. It makes me happy because it means that studios won't be like, "Ah, oh, cool. Let's people need more of this. Let's let's push out some some ham-fisted hackneyed sequels." Uh I know. because I mean this is this is where it it should end. I think the series should end here because it leaves on a note of of hopefulness and uh redemption. And and I just want to do just talk about briefly the the very very last scene last couple scenes um it, it i don't know how, i want i want to talk about it anyways like there's there's two people and i'll I'll just say k is all right let's let's just let's just be real transparent here uh we're gonna discuss the end of this film now so right. if you have not seen blade <laughs> runner thank you for listening yeah. we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show after this so uh definitely go out and see it i think we'd both recommend doing that see it on a big screen yeah uh, do not wait for video or digital or anything like that. Like go see it while it's in theaters. Cause you will do yourself a disservice by waiting. Um, but that's it. Now it's time for full on spoilers <laughs> yes. and, and we're going to get just into a few of these. So if okay. you've already seen the film, 
uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that now. Thank you, Travis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so here here's the thing. So the whole movie, uh, Sean, uh, Rachel, and Deckard they they had a baby at some point in time. That's what the miracle Batista Batista is talking about. And right. And Kay has memories of him being the child. Well, you find out that someone has to make all these memories for all the replicants to have. He, at some point in the film, he goes and talks to a a woman who's in locked in a plastic uh, glass cage um, who creates these memories. And, and and she's locked there because what she says, she has like an autoimmune disease. So she's classic bubble boy syndrome, like can't can't leave, can't have interaction with others and, and has to stay in there. Right, right. And, and so over the course of his investigation, uh, he has these memories. Uh, he go um, and he finds out there's actually there's like a boy and girl who have exact the exact same DNA. Well, at the at the end of the film, he finds out he thinks he's a son the entire time, but he finds out from this group of underground replicants that no, he's the the child of of Rachel and Deckard is actually a woman, and he is they they implanted the memories of uh of of the little girl into a replicant to confuse anybody searching for the child. Um, so with that with that in mind. Kay and we find out that the girl who's locked in this this class cage is actually the the daughter um right. but they they share the exact same memories and mm-hmm. uh at the very end of the film Kay is is outside it's snowing and there's a shot of him looking at his hand and the the snow falling on his hand and he turns over his hand and uh it it's it's a really cool scene and like it's it, freaking beautiful yeah. like I I love it like like genuine love the scene and love the framing of it. Like yes. just, yeah. And, and, and he's serious, serious film chubby just <laughs> from, from watching yeah. it. And he's, and he's so, he's so pensive and you know, he's, he's lost in thought and, uh, and Harrison Ford goes in to go see his daughter. And when he goes in to see the daughter, uh, the way she creates memories is like, it shows her, surrounded by this like kind of CGI imagery of, of whatever the memory is, is that she's having. And when he walks in, she's in the center of the room and it's snowing and she's surrounded by snow and the camera goes in and then it shows her hand, like letting the snowflakes fall on her hand and turning her hand over. And I thought it was just a fucking brilliant way of showing that like they, they share memories and, and, and here, here's why it's important before Harrison goes into the building, he asks Kay, like, what are you to me? What are you to me? And, and Kay doesn't actually answer the question. And then he goes into the, the snow falling on his hand. Well, that's the answer to the question is what he is to, to, to Deckard is maybe he's not his real son, but for all intents and purposes, Deckard is his father. Like, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he sort of he sort of lived the external life that his actual daughter uh, was was not was not allowed to live yeah. because she had to be hidden away and she had to be protected. Um, and yeah. And and obviously, like you go through the whole film, just sort of like you know maybe noting comparisons and 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 when they have their first actual interaction with each other and kind of seeing how that all breaks down, like like. K is definitely like 
I mean, he's the Decker of this movie and, and he, he does a lot of things and has a lot of characteristics that you could be like, yeah, maybe some of that was innate from his father. Like it's, it's, it's very believable. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like, but to have that twist and kind of, um, how everything's sort of inter intertwined, it, it, uh, it really does make for an interesting and kind of thought provoking, uh, end to the film as well. Yeah. And, 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 and ask the question, like, how what what makes us who we are and memories whether they're real or whether they're uh implanted um they they go a long ways to shaping our personalities and our future oh yeah yeah absolutely uh all right brandon like we we kind of did our line in the sand so is there any other spoilerific (laughs) stuff that you want to you want to hit on like there's there's there wasn't a whole lot i i truly disliked about the film um Jared Leto. Yeah, like that that we get him in small doses, so so oh. I'll give it a pass, but <laughs> uh you know, it's um yeah, and then the whole uncanny valley thing with Rachel was was the one thing that I kind of struggled with. Um but, you know, it's I I feel like in the past without the use of that technology, they would have executed that in a different way, mm. and it still would have gotten the same point across. Yeah. Like, like to the point where you wouldn't have to, like, maybe you could get a couple of shots or like, you know, splice in some of that original, you know, film and be like, and make it look like she's really there. And it would have been like, yes, it's her. But because they have the use of that technology now, they're like, check out what we can really do. And, uh, and so maybe at some point I'll buy in and I'll stop, (laughs) I'll stop, I'll stop questioning it. But yeah. uh, But until, until, until that, until that day, I I was reading uh, over on film school rejects. They do a, in a uh, post called commentary commentary where they watch the commentary of films and then they comment on it. Um, And uh, they did one for James Gunn uh, guardians of the galaxy two, And one of, one of his comments is uh, a lot of people think that practical effects are, are always better than CGI. And that's just, that's just not true. Um, and I, I agree with that for the most part. And I think that at some point in time, the CGI, if, if this like movie gets redone, like remastered eventually, then they can, they can make it to where Sean, Sean Young's Rachel isn't so uncanny. Yeah. And, and I think like for me, even it was closer to the believable end of that Valley sort of than the unbelievable yeah like even even just looking back a year at rogue one with with leia mm-hmm. like i think i think the artists and and everybody involved like they're doing a good job i don't i don't want to i don't want to give say that they're not but it's i think it is just a personal thing where i'm like eh, i'm still i'm still i i need to make changes in my life <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to 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 get there yeah um all right, Brandon. Well, anything anything else you want to hit on Blade Runner twenty forty nine or the death of AIM or any other brief topic before we get out of here? We've we've already passed the hour mark, so <laughs> it's it's such a good movie. You really you, you have in yeah, it might be a slow burn, um, but it's it's just gorgeous. It's gorgeous and it sounds gorgeous. So please yeah. do yourself a favor and yeah. go. And if you and hate go. it, let That's- us know. Let us know why you hate it, because um, I. I really, I really did enjoy it. I, I am considering going to see it again on like five dollar movie day just yeah. to, just to kind of get to experience it on the big screen one more time. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah all right well uh i guess that's it for this week thank you so much to everybody that's listened and uh and is continuing to listen we will be back in two weeks with another episode of apathetic enthusiasm and until then yeah i'm travis i'm brandon thanks for listening goodbye goodbye you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.